I'm, I'm really excited uh, about this morning. Um, Sister Kara is going to be uh, sharing with us her story, uh, another installment in the My Story series, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this a lot. This has taken a good bit of effort to, to get her to agree to do this, and uh, anyway, she's, she's agreed to do it. I'm really I'm proud of her, first of all, but I'm also really looking forward to what she's got to say. I'm going to get her up here in just a minute. Um, before she comes, I, I just want to give all of you um, just a couple of pieces of vital information. Number one, if you are ever in a combat situation and this man, Troy Swallow, is on the other side, just turn around and run the other way because you're going to die. And if you're ever in a combat situation and he is on your side, then just get behind him and let him roll. Yesterday, uh, Troy and Ben and a guy that uh, Troy works with named Ed, we went out to this range out in Zachary and did a uh, combat handgun class that some of you guys were going to do and then bailed on us. But uh, anyway, it was a lot of fun. I was exhausted whenever I got home. Um, learned a lot of stuff. Um, I, I don't know that it's appropriate for me to promote this kind of thing in this format, but if you ever get a chance to do something like that, it, ladies, gentlemen, if you fall somewhere in between those two spectrums, between ladies and gentlemen, it would be... It would be a great experience for you, um, for everybody. And uh, anyway, it was great, and I want to publicly thank Troy for the opportunity to go and do that. Um, I word on the street is that Kara's she's no slouch either. So, uh, you know, if the zombie apocalypse happens, we can all go to <laughs> Compound Swallow back there, and maybe we'll make it. But, uh, anyway, good stuff yesterday, Troy. Thank you very much. Had a great time. All right, Kara, are you ready? We are going to hear from Kara today. Next week we're going to endeavor to continue and, uh, with I Wish Jesus Hadn't Said That so we can finish that series and get it out of the way. But um, Kara, thank you. And just take your liberty. <laughs> I will try. Um, I'm, I'm a reader, so I hope y'all can forgive me because I write it all. Some of y'all might need to move up from that. <laughs> All right, um, there's something about each one of our stories and that it's, our, it, it's ours. It shaped us, it molded us, it changed us, and it's what we do with our story that continues to shape us. We will hang on to the negative in our story and become bitter, become angry, become one of those that life owes us because of what we have been dealt. Or with, we'll, <clears throat> will we let it do a God thing in our life where our life is poured out as an offering before the Lord using it to touch others, lives that are encouraging them that this too shall pass through compassion because we know where they have been, because we too have faced it and persevered. Will we pour out our lives before God or will we harbor it and be angry? I choose to pour it out in complete surrender to a God who has blessed me beyond measure. Our story is unique and can be used as a vessel for God to use in others' lives if used for his glory. As I was thinking about what part of my story to share today, my mind kept going back to something I read a few weeks ago on brokenness. In Mark 6, 41, it says, Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. I read this in a devotional the other day. It said, In order for it to be multiplied, it had to be broken. The miracle of multiplication begins with brokenness. It was through the breaking that the miracle was seen. 
there is beauty and brokenness. He is seen and we are transformed. Real faith, true faith, is casting ourselves and everything we have on Jesus and not giving up. Yes, we will doubt at times. Yes, we will struggle. Yes, will we be broken? But the test of faith is that we keep coming back. Despite the darkness, despite the hurt, true blessedness is becoming who God created us to be. I guess in a way I could describe my life that way, lots of blessings in the midst of brokenness. A miracle to be who I am today. I used to consider brokenness as something weak, making you vulnerable, but I've discovered that it actually strengthens you, gives you a dependence on God that is so needed in our walk. There's a blessing and the only way for it to be seen is through our breaking. For those that don't know, I'm a twin. I have a fraternal twin sister and we were a blessing from the Lord to my mother. My mom lost a baby in crib death whenever he was three months old and um, the Lord told her that he would triple the birth that she had lost. And so um, she had an older sister I had that's passed away and uh, she had me and my sister. And they tried to tell her we were identical and she said, no, they're not. They're, they're, they're fraternal because God promised me three separate, three separate ones. Was that blessing easy? Very far from it. You see my mom paralyzed in the face after having us and we had to stay with someone else for the first month of our lives. And then when I was a baby, I ran fever after fever. At eight months old, I had a bladder infection after bladder infection. When I was around two and a half, while on vacation, I was running a high fever and they didn't know it was wrong because I kept getting these bladder infections and I was just always sick. And God, my mom felt that God said I was gonna have to have surgery when we got back and my dad was like, she is crazy. There is no way that my child is having surgery. <laughs> so, um, Whenever we got back, sure enough, I had to have surgery because they realized that I had a reflux going into my bladder that was causing all of the bladder infections. And, sh and so you can see how this could be a struggle for them. They had lost a baby and now they have this baby that's sick all the time and now she's having to go into surgery. So my mom was a very, very nervous person and very anxious at everything, but um, my mom got a piece that day when I had my surgery and everybody had thought that she was, had taken something for it because she's just not that way. She's just a nervous nanny kind of person. But um, before I went into surgery, my mom had walked out of my, um, my room to go get a drink. And she had ran into a cop at the, uh, at the, where she went. And he just told her that everything was gonna be okay. But she never saw him again. But while she was out, I told her when she returned that Jesus had come into my room and he had rocked me and he told me that everything was going to be okay. And everything was okay, but it wasn't easy. I was in the hospital for 30 days and my mom had to watch me cry every day of how much it hurts. She told me I would get up from my wheelchair in the hallways and just start running and crying about how much pain I was in. I went home after that and my cousin got me to jump on the bed so they thought my surgery had come loose and that they were going to have to redo it. But um, somebody had heard a preacher on TV say that a little girl, they thought a surgery had come undone, but that she was being healed and nothing was going to be wrong. And so we went to the doctor, everything was fine, and no surgery was needed. 
Um, and during my surgery, my dad was working in Texas at the time, and he would drive home every night to stay with me in the hospital. For 30 days, he would come and make sure that I was okay and be with me. And so the Lord was starting a process of trust in the midst of brokenness. Without that time, would I know the love of a father who stayed with me after working long hours and have a healthy view of what it's like to have a loving father who would give anything for his little girl? Would I know the time that God takes me in his arms and cuddles me and tells me that everything is going to be okay because he's taking care of me? I don't remember those things, but I do believe they were ingrained in the center of my soul and helped me to become who God had planned all along. But without brokenness, how would it have been seen? The brokenness in my life did not stop there. You see, my parents did not have the best relationship. But before I begin, I want to talk, I've been talking about that part of my life. I want to just give honor to my parents because I do believe that they gave me the best that they knew how to give me because they were broken people and they came from very hard lives, um, way harder than what I got dealt. And they just tried to do a little better than that, and then I try to do a little bit better. That's all we can do is try to give our kids a little bit better than what we had. So I don't want to disrespect them in any way, but part of their lives is also part of my story. So just as much as the negative impacted me, the things my mother showed me by waking to her speaking in tongues and praying out to God every morning, no matter what our family was facing, was the biggest witness in my life into a relationship with God. It gave me a yearning to have the same thing that my mom had with God. So I would not change that for anything. My mom is a very, very strong woman, and she's been through a lot. She, just, she showed me that when we fall, we just get back up again, and we walk with God again. My prayer life, my times of devotion with the Lord are precious to me, and I give my mommy, mom many thanks for helping me and helping God to put that desire in me. However, she also showed me things I didn't want my children to face. My dad was a very jealous man, and as I've grown older, I've learned of some of the reasons why he became that way. But lots of fighting went on in our home, things thrown away, thrown around, things stomped, hate you's thrown around, and I'm going to leave. I do believe they tried to give me better than what they had. For a young girl, I'm guessing you see where this could cause some brokenness. It felt so normal at times. I thought my life, like, I just thought everybody's life was like that. That was just the normal thing to, to go through. I didn't realize there was peace in homes and amongst homes and amongst relationships because that's just what I always knew. But at other times, I just wanted, I was, I was scared. I just wanted peace in our home. I was a quiet child, and I just wanted all the chaos gone. And I believe that's why I got married at 17 to Troy. I was trying to escape the chaos of, not that I didn't love him. I did love him. <laughs> but I was trying to find a way out of, of it because it was just so much for me. And through living in a home with much screaming, I learned in order to be heard, I must scream, until I began developing nodules on my throat and had to go to speech therapy to control my voice. And it worked for me, but did not change my parents. The fighting continued, and I learned that if I cried, then it would make it stop. 
I remember me and my sister going outside one time because they were just screaming and fighting and we were trying to get away from it. And I was crying and she would tell me, you need to stop crying like right now because you are making it so much worse. And I remember looking at her and I said, no, I'm not. When I cry, it makes them stop. So I learned to control things with my emotions, which was not a good pattern. I also learned to be a people pleaser in order that I can control my environment and no, one, no more hurt would come to my life. Hurt and brokenness, it seemed so much to bear at times, but I learned to keep it hidden really deep inside and only find the good things to remember because there I was safe, I was secure. Living away from the truth was so much easier than confronting it. I learned not long ago that my mom would use me as a sounding board. She told me that she would just talk to me about all her problems, like just tell me everything about her marriage, about what was going on. It's like, Mom, that's so unhealthy for a little girl to have to, to, carry, <laughs> to carry your problems. Um, but she had just got into that pattern of, of doing that. So living away from the truth was so much easier than confronting it. I learned, I'm sorry, I already read that, I'm sorry. I learned where my patterns had formed. I learned that it's where people-pleasing all started. If my mom hurt so badly from things, then I sure didn't want to add to her hurt. And she expected me to be the perfect Christian girl, and that's what I would be. <clears throat> Wanting to be approved by her because I looked up to her, but it seemed that wasn't possible. Not because she was mean, but because she felt she needed the approval. She needed her kids to look good. She needed us to be the perfect Christian kids because she already felt lesser than most people herself. I was so close to my mom, but during counseling and time, I was asked two simple questions. Which parent are you closest to? And I said, my mom, of course. <laughs> but then they asked me, which parent do you think always approved of you? And I said, my dad, because my dad, I could never do anything that would hurt him. I could never do anything that, where he would not love me. He was always there. He was such a great father. He just wasn't the greatest husband. And he showed me what it was like to have a heavenly father that cares for me so greatly. And I'm so privileged to have that in my life because I know so many other people didn't have that in theirs. And I just feel so blessed by God to give me that to hang on to in my life. When I was in ninth grade, my mom had a nervous breakdown. My brokenness was not over. We were going down the road and my mom starts pulling out her hair. And she tells me and my sister that it's all our fault that she's the way she is. And for some young girls in ninth grade, um, that was very hard. But we were taught that she, was need she needed protection. She needed to be the one that was cared for. So we learned to deal with everything on our own. And I didn't realize how bad it had affected me until a few years ago when Ashley was in ninth grade and she was having a hard time at school. She was crying every day before school, every night at bed. Her anxiousness was just through the roof. And I just, I guess one day I was like, what in the world are you stressing over? Like, this is what I was going through. In my ninth grade year, my mom had a nervous breakdown. I had to go visit her in Parkland. And 
you know, I had my friends knew all this, and this is what I was having to face, and I didn't realize how much that had affected me and my life, and that it was embarrassing. Like, I guess I didn't want to accept that my mother could embarrass me because I loved her so much that I didn't want to think she embarrasses me because she already thought that about herself, so for me to think that, so I just hid that emotion deep down inside where nobody could get to it, not even God, I don't think. Because <laughs> she needed to be safe. So I hid my anxiousness, and then I started crying a lot, and I started getting really tired all the time. But I didn't take into consideration was my feelings and that they were important because if we can't be honest with ourselves, if we can't admit to the way we feel, just okaying everything, so much builds up in our lives and it affects so much of our life. So I dug my hole deeper, but God, he had a plan. He let me dig my hole, and even though I didn't see what I was doing, he did. I wonder where I would be if, I would, if it would not have been for that perfect Christian girl mentality. I mean, of course it wasn't healthy because I thought God's love was based on performance when the fact is his love, he loves me because I'm his child. There's nothing I could do to make him love me more. There's nothing I could do to make him love me less. I think back on like all the friendships in high school and all the people I hung out with and uh, what wrong paths I could have went down. I could have gotten into drugs. I could have become pregnant. I could have ran away. I could have destroyed my life because of the home life that I had and trying to escape it. But he protected me and he gave me strong convictions. I do believe it was tied to the experience I had in the hospital with him, even though I cannot remember it. I knew how real he was. I knew I never wanted to get far away from his lap. He protected me from so much and for that I'm so very thankful. The life, the life of chaos I grew up in could have drew me down many paths. I'm thankful for the balance the Lord knew I needed. And with the experience that I faced, I was made into a willing vessel for him. I have forgotten at times that I could trust him, too many to count, but he always reminds me so gently. He gave me tenderness through these broken times in my life. He gave me a dependence on him that I could not have without the times of being broken. So if you had a rough childhood, you have a rough marriage or the job situation's not looking too good. Remember that he has you in the palm of his hand and he's taking care of you and he has a plan for you. I am ready to live at the core of who God made me to be. I am ready to use all the broken times in my life for his glory alone. The time I lost my sister and my father were very hard times in my life. Um, my sister, we still aren't sure to this day if her husband actually did something to her to make her pass away, but she was very sick as well. And so we still have those questions about that. And uh, the time my dad uh, passed away, I'd had a miscarriage that same year. Me and Troy had a lot of marriage problems that year. So it was a very, very hard time and a broken place in my life. But he didn't leave me there either. He showed me a way out. You see, I hated depression so badly because my mom suffered with it my whole life. I vowed never to be depressed, but I guess sometimes when you're a stuffer, it leads you right where you never wanted to go. But God knows how to pull us out. 
He knows exactly what we need when we need it. We might feel forsaken, but we never are. We are cared for. We are loved so deeply by God. I wonder with all my failings how God could possibly love me that much, but he just does. I am cherished and loved, and each one of you are as well. I have seen such growth in my life over the last four years of being at Grace. I have uncovered things that cause bad patterns, and I have determined with God to overcome. I have taken it, seen short, small steps, but I am thankful for each one. I also am thankful for the steps back because they showed me how to move ahead again and get back up. This year, as I've been praying my word trust, as I've told y'all in another class, <laughs> I, was, I was praying about what word to pick because I pray about it every year. Um, I was in church and it was during worship service and I saw myself in this room and it was really dark and it was really lonely in there. And it's like little by little, I saw one of the walls breaking down and light coming through the doors. And it was like Jesus was there saying, take my hand and come out because I have a plan for you and you can trust me. You don't have to stay in this place. You see, I was consider. I'm sorry. <laughs> the reason I was considering the word trust was because um, last year I went through a period of a lot of doubt, a doubt in God, a doubt in a lot of things, and I struggled really. I don't. It was really tough some days because I felt bad for the doubt. God had been through with me through so much in my life. Why was I doubting Him now, at this point in my life? Like. Where was it coming from? I just could not like get a grip on it. It just wouldn't go away. But God was trying to uncover all the buried things in my life. In order for me to step into the plan he had for me, I had to confront some patterns, some things that I didn't want to face. But in order to walk in the dreams he had for me, it was a task that could not be skipped over. A few months ago, I became so tired all the time. I was crying every morning after dropping my kids off at school. I had blood work to find out why I was having weak spells, but nothing showed up. My doctor knew how hard I tried to overcome my anxiety without medicine. So he said he thought it was anxiety and depression and that he wanted me to try some, some medicine. And I said, depression? Me. No way. I'm just a little tired, that's all. But in fact, it was. But during this time, God has shown me so much. You see, I was living a life still of trying to earn people's approval, and it just was too hard because you cannot please everyone. I lived in fear of failure, failing my kids, failing my husband, failing my friends, failing my church, failing myself and all the rules I had placed on myself. Who could live up to such a standard? Over the last few months, such a peace has entered my soul. I have learned that I can never have the approval of everyone, but I can have the approval of God. In fact, he already approved of me. He was just waiting for me to see it. I can still get trapped in this way of thinking, but God has placed people in my life to remind me not to go there and move ahead. He's placed people in my life that I think believe in me more than I believe in myself sometimes. But life is easier knowing God approves of us and that 
if we do fail, he is reaching his hand down to help me back up again. He never gives up on me. And during this time, he opened the door for Pillar, which I'll be hearing a little bit more about this morning. And uh, he opened the door for me to be able to share my story with y'all today. And he has a plan and a call for my life. You see, when we walk through his door and break down all the barriers in our lives that we have built, he can do amazing things far above anything we could ever imagine. Trust him. Your life is safe in his hands. <laughs> what time is it? Yeah. You want me to ask questions? <laughs> I, I actually have a question I would love to ask. Okay. You won't have to stand up there to answer it, but there was something that you said um, at one point in your presentation where you said, I've decided that I was going to live at the core of who God had designed me to be or who had God had made me to be. What, what, is, what does that mean for you? For me, it it's, means... It was an uh, interesting phrase. It caught my ear, and I just wanted to flesh that I out. actually read something on it a while back, and uh, it said that you know most of us live on this outside edge of us. We don't really get to the core of who we are because it's too scary in there. That's where all our hopes live, our dreams live, it's where our childhood lives, it's where all the brokenness lives, all this stuff that we went through in our life lives there. And for a lot of us, we just like to live on the edge of it and not get close to it. So living at the core is saying, I'm choosing to face these things and face the things that I need to change. They might have Does anybody have any questions or want to share anything about brokenness, what, what it means to them? absolute honesty and transparency with which you did that is uh, was absolutely amazing and uh, I want to say thank you very much for doing that the way that you did it not just agreeing to do it but doing it the way you did it was awesome um, Jesus placed a value on broken things in that in that story where he he broke the loaves and fish and then had the disciples pass it out at the end of it he told them now I want you to go around with the basket and collect the fragments so that none of it is lost and I always found that interesting why would why would Jesus want to take up leftover fragments it, it doesn't make a whole lot of practical sense I don't think um, one of the things that I I thought of was that you know this is something that he broke and because he broke it it had value and I also found it interesting that before those loaves and fish could be of use to the people it had to be broken first and it points forward to that last supper that Jesus had with his disciples where he said this is my body and he broke that bread and gave it to them. And we are always blessed before the brokenness, and I think we forget that as people. We see the brokenness, but we don't see that there's blessing behind all of it. And 
to add to that, I think that a lot of times we think because we are broken in some aspect of our lives that that precludes us from being useful. But more often than not, I find that it's the areas where I'm most broken, areas that I struggle, that God gives me opportunities to talk to people or connect with them on that level. And it's very uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. Because we're all supposed to have everything together. Right, Brian? And keep people on the periphery. That was awesome stuff. Anybody? Questions? Comments? Didn't she do a great job? She really did. Alright guys, we're going to shut it down. Um, let's pray before we uh, leave out of here. And it's a little early yet. We can, uh, we can sit and chat and fellowship and go grab kids, whatever it is you got to do. Um, but uh, let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for what we've heard in this room today uh, for uh, anointed transparency that speaks to the broken areas of our lives. And it's what it, we need to hear it. We need to hear it. We need to get away from the edges and the periphery of where we live and get down to the core of what it is and who it is you've designed us to be and to not be afraid of that. God, I pray that what we've heard today, this, this story that we've heard today, I pray that it would be in all of our hearts and spirits uh, over the next few weeks, that it would be an inspiration and that it would be um, instruction to us. Thank you, God, for helping us to minister to each other. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, folks. God bless. Hey, y'all come back next Sunday. We'll do this again.